No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Moses gives the children of Israel the rules of engagement for when they make war against the inhabitants of the promised land. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 20 on Simply the Bible. As Moses stood on the bank of the Jordan River, he encouraged the children of Israel who were ready to cross over and conquer the promised land. As they would soon face the enemy, Moses gave them rules of engagement. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 20. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people, and he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid and do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. The previous generation had failed to cross the Jordan River and take the land. The problem was that they saw the giants and the fortified cities and lost hope. Moses did not want them to repeat that same mistake. When facing giants and armies more numerous than you, it is easy to become afraid and lose heart. The solution is to remember that the Lord is with you. You just want to make sure that you're fighting the Lord's battle and not your own. One of my favorite verses is 1 John 4.4. 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you have Christ in you, the hope of glory, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Another one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, it was the priest's responsibility to encourage the troops before they went into battle. The Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and he will give you victory. I can think of nothing more encouraging than to know that the Lord has promised to fight my battles for me if I will just trust him to do it. Now, even though the priest encouraged the troops, the officers would then give several reasons why a person could choose not to go to war. Verse 5, Then the officers shall speak to the people, saying, What man is there who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man dedicate it. A person who had built a new house and had not dedicated or lived in it yet would have a divided heart. Part of him would want to live in his new home. There was a chance that he would die in battle and never get to do that. So he was exempted from battle. Also, what man is there who has planted a vineyard and has not eaten of it? Let him go and return to his house, lest 
he die in the battle and another man eat of it. The same was true of the person who planted a vineyard. It was a lot of work to clear the stones, plow the land, build a watchtower, and plant the vineyard, especially in the days where you had no farm machinery. There was a chance he would die in battle before he ate any of the fruit, so he could go home. And what man is there who is betrothed to a woman and has not married her? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man marry her. Now, the betrothal period lasted for one year, and it was a binding engagement. If you decided to break up, you would have to get a divorce, even though you hadn't yet had the wedding ceremony or consummated the marriage. So if the soldier had his fiancée at home, then his heart would be divided. He would want to be with her. How tragic it would be if he died before marrying her, so he could go home. In fact, he would get an additional year off from military service after he married her. Verse 8, the officer shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Even someone who is simply scared to go to war had an excused absence. Now, this makes sense because... Fear is contagious. If he became fearful on the battlefield, then he could discourage the hearts of his comrades. I find these rules for paring down the armies, so to speak, to be very compassionate. No one was bullied to go into battle when his heart was divided or he was afraid. They wanted enthusiastic soldiers who were all in. They wanted those who would be courageous in the thick of it. I believe there is an application for us in this. We are in a spiritual battle, but not everyone is gifted, called, and equipped to fight on the front lines. I have been in full-time ministry for nearly 40 years, and I can tell you that I have never had any success forcing someone to do something against their will. James tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all he does. If a person's interests are divided, then they won't make a very good soldier. If they lack courage, then it does no good to make them feel bad about it. It's better to give them a reprieve, pray for them, and put them into a ministry for which God has given them faith, and then encourage them in that. I wonder what would happen if our own military operated this same way. Verse 9, And so it shall be when the officers have finished speaking to the people that they shall make captains of the armies to lead the people. After the troops had been pared down to the fighting men that were wholehearted and courageous, then they would assign positions of leadership. When you go near a city to fight against it, then proclaim an offer of peace to it. And it shall be that if they accept your offer of peace and open to you, then all the people who are found in it shall be placed under tribute to you and serve you. These were actually very reasonable terms for the day. The offer of peace was only to those cities outside of the land of Canaan. If they accepted the terms, then they would become servants of the children of Israel. Now, if the city will not make peace with you, but war against you, then you shall besiege it. And when the Lord your God delivers it into your hands, you shall strike every male in it with the edge of the sword. 
But the women, the little ones, the livestock and all that is in the city, all its spoil, you shall plunder for yourself. And you shall eat the enemy's plunder, which the Lord your God gives you. Thus you shall do to all the cities which are very far from you, which are not of the cities of these nations. If they did not accept the terms of peace, then all the males would be killed. But the women, children, and livestock would be spared and become the property of Israel. These were the spoils of warfare. But of the cities of these people which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance, you shall let nothing that breathes remain alive. But you shall utterly destroy them, the Hittite and the Amorite and the Canaanite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite, just as the Lord your God has commanded you. Lest they teach you to do according to all their abominations, which they have done for their gods, and you sin against the Lord your God. We know from Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 1, that there were seven nations in the land of Canaan that they were to devote to destruction. Everything that breathed, man, woman, child, and beast, were to be utterly destroyed. So vile, perverse, and contagious were their wicked practices that the land was ready to vomit them up. They were a cancer that would destroy God's people if they remained alive. God chose Israel to be his instrument of judgment against these seven wicked nations that were already on the path to self-destruction. Many people would deny God the right to judge and punish the wicked. They are comfortable with the concept of a God of love, but not a God of justice. But if someone was ready to attack your home and kill your wife and children, then how could you say you were a loving husband and father if you wouldn't fight and even kill to protect them? To protect his own people, God gave the order to wipe out these seven Canaanite nations. Now we are also in a battle, but our battle is spiritual. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, the Apostle Paul tells us, We are human. But we don't wage wars. Humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We fight for peace, but it is not a worldly peace. Rather, it is the peace that comes from believing in Jesus Christ and submitting ourselves to God. It is peace with God, peace with one another, and inner peace. It is the real and lasting peace. Verse 19. When you besiege a city for a long time, while making war against it to take it, you shall not destroy its trees by wielding an axe against them, if you can eat of them, do not cut them down to use in the siege. For the tree of the field is man's food. Only the trees which you know are not trees for food you may destroy and cut down to build siege works against the city that makes war with you until it is subdued. Now this is a very practical instruction. They would have to cut many trees down to build the siege works against the cities with tall fortified walls. But Moses told them not to cut down the fruit trees because they would be food for them. This teaches us respect for our environment. 
but also that our environment is to serve the practical needs of man. God gave the world to man and gave him dominion over it to manage it well. Sadly, man hasn't always done that. Either he has exploited the land for greed, or else he has worshipped the land as though it were a god. Good stewardship of our environment will go to neither extreme, but responsibly enjoy the earth and everything in it as God's generous gifts to us. I hope these rules of engagement encourage you in the challenges you are facing. Just remember that if you are a child of God, the one who is in you is greater and more powerful than any challenge you face. It is He who fights for you. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see that as Moses prepared the children of Israel to enter the promised land without him, there were various concerns on his mind. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.